Hey, have you applied to speak at Voice Summit yet? Applications are open until March 31st. So if you have something to say about voice, go to voicesummit.ai and click on apply to speak to be considered. Go ahead. What are you waiting for? Apply now. People are consuming podcasts more than they are most other forms of content. Paul Michaelenko, the CEO of Listen App, wanted to find a way to help the podcast listeners engage with the shows they love. Listen as he talks about his journey from musician to product designer to startup founder, how he's using voice to allow human conversations to happen at scale, and why he's fascinated by the hearable space as well. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your host, Carrie Roberts. And today my guest is Paul Michaelenko, the co-founder and CEO of Listen App. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for being here. Hey, Carrie. I am so glad to be here. So you started your career in music, like many in the voice space. You started as an artist, and I know you grew up playing the violin and found you could sing. You studied music in college. Can you take me through your journey a little bit from music to teaching vocal coaching to now getting into product design and creating a voice tech startup? Yeah, it's very interesting background. And I actually didn't know that um, quite a bit of people in voice come from artistic backgrounds. I think that's really cool. In my childhood, fell in love with the violin, became obsessed with it, to be honest. Later in high school, transitioned to piano and voice. Went to school, got my undergrad in vocal performance, was in LA studying under some of the best coaches like Seth Riggs. He was also, he taught Madonna and he was teaching Michael Jackson when I was studying with him. I mean, it was a very fascinating time. And then after college, I just pursued all sorts of artistic different gigs on the side. I, I did photography and then I took up also voice coaching. And through the years, I continued coaching. That actually became something interesting because I started observing that there's a way to create sound when you're speaking, or I should say when you're singing, that's optimized to your human body. So like, for example, like, you know, the bel canto singing style comes out of you know tradition when they're trying to create sound over an orchestra and project it into a giant auditorium without microphones. So they have to optimize the human voice. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? You know, this technique was developed for kind of optimization of the human voice. What if we could apply that also to speech? And I just started observing like the way people would talk. And I'm not talking about like saying um or whatever, like that's a different discipline, but like strictly what does your voice sound like? And um, started developing a methodology of helping people optimize their speaking voice where, you know, there's a few essential things that have to happen for an optimal speaking voice. It's resonating in the head, resonating in the chest, proper breathing support, and then connecting it all together into this big dynamic range that you can have. And um, developed a whole methodology. It's called Total Body Voice. Actually, you can go to totalbodyvoice.com if you want to kind of see it. I put together a little podcast where people can you know, go through the methodology and benefit themselves. You know, maybe getting rid of certain bad habits or whatever. So started there, then transitioned to product design, joined a startup, started doing tons of design, fell in love with that. Went through a few startups, just kind of moving my way up, learning, uh, just fell in love with the early stage environment. And uh, then became obsessed with the idea. But, but this time I was already an experienced product designer, became obsessed with the idea of how do you design for kind of voice-enabled interfaces. And that led me, of course, to podcasting, fell in love with podcasting, started my own podcast on musical literacy. It was called Mozart and Me at that time. And uh, the idea was we would help people who didn't have a musical education listen to music with you know more intelligence, if you will, where they're being more thoughtful and understanding kind of, you know, what's happening, how do you listen to the baseline or what's interesting about the rhythm here, etc. So it was a fun podcast, but very difficult doing it all solo. 
I kind of got burnt out. And uh, at that time, started thinking about the, all the different podcast apps that were out there. I downloaded every single one and didn't love any of them and just started prototyping and designing my own and, until something came together that I fell in love with. I love that. And I think, yeah, we were talking earlier, there are so many artists in the voice tech space and you really start to kind of use not only your creative mind, but what you know about sound and design to bring things together. And I was reading your blog and you wrote a recent article about AirPods and something that you wrote really resonated with me that I just wanted to read real quick. You said... People don't like to be alone, even worse to be seen alone. It gives the impression that you're socially inadequate or that you don't have many friends. Consequently, we're always on the phone, creating the impression that we're needed by someone. AirPods provide an elegant solution for this peculiar social conundrum. I remember the first time I initiated a conversation with a stranger on the streets of New York wearing AirPods. I asked him what he was listening to and he replied, Oh, I'm not listening to anything. I just keep them in. Sensing the unusual nature of this behavior, he started to justify it, saying things like, they keep my ears warm. But I wasn't fooled. He was alone. And the AirPods made him feel like he was connected to other people. I think that's, first of all, beautifully written. But can you speak to this? Why are AirPods and hearables and voice important in making people feel connected, do you think? Oh, this is so huge. I really think that AirPods, people miss or undervalue maybe how sensational of a phenomena it is. And AirPods is, is just, I think, the first wave. Now we're going to be seeing many other brands create really big products in the space. Like if you look at AirPod volume, just how much of them, how many of them are being sold in terms of revenue, they're just AirPods. They're close to Netflix. It's absolutely mind-staggering like how many of them people are buying. And what's happening that's most interesting, and what I wrote in that article, is, is that people are leaving them in their ears when they're not listening to content because they're so comfortable. That is a completely new behavior for consumers who are engaging with media on a mass scale. And I think it's close and parallel to what was happening with the iPhone. So now you get, essentially, you get access to people in a new social abstraction via audio. So they can be available to interact with content or even with one another via audio because now they have a piece of hardware that's on their heads or on their ears, allowing them to listen and speak at all times. So that's fantastic. And we see the social you know, aspects of it already where people don't want to be by themselves and people will always be on their phone, like on their screen as if like, you know, even if they don't have anything to do, just to even create the sensation that they're busy or something, because that's just a, a sociological, you know, factor in society. And, and AirPods are, I think, the most elegant way to get past this. Yeah, I think it's interesting how you wrote it. And uh, we've had on the show before, I'm not sure if you know them, but Dave Kemp and Andy Bellavia are the two uh, guys who just love hearables and talking about how great they are. And exactly what you're saying, you know, you're connected to the content, but you can still be connected to people on the outside. Um, and it's mm -hmm. blending both of them. And I just never thought about it as uh, something we visually see in the way you spoke about it. So I thought that was really great how you wrote it. I want to move forward a little bit to your company, Listen App. Can you talk about what it is and how is it enabling human conversations at scale? Well, when we set out to build the Listen app, our goal and our vision and obsession, I would even say, was trying to figure out how do you create interactive social audio that's voice enabled at scale. So how do you create that experience? And it's not one that had existed. So we knew that you know this would be pioneering territory where we can't 
borrow any experiences or interfaces that exist in any other applications. Because now, like I said, with this new hardware enablement, like how do you create an experience where these people can connect to each other? And so when we set out to do this, there were several approaches. One is just to start with a strictly social audio networking kind of application and start creating ways for people to connect with each other. And there's, you know, a good handful of them on the market already that are, you know, attempting to do something like that, like TTYL. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Then there's like Tapebook and Ends and WaveChat and a few others. And I studied all of them. And I think there's a massive chicken and egg problem in those situations where until all of your friends are on there, the app doesn't have too much value. Like maybe initially it's like kind of fun, but then it wears off pretty quickly. But for the app to acquire all of your friends, that's way too much money for them to spend on marketing. And you're not necessarily going to invite them because it's all kind of super early. And the experiences are not necessarily like TTYL is synchronous. It's more like live, whereas the other ones are asynchronous, but they're not necessarily locked in, if you will. They're still very experimental. And so that's a very risky route. And the social needs are very uncertain. You know, like people could just, you know, send a voice memo to each other. They can call each other. Like, why would they want to use the app instead? It's too risky and experimental. And what we were thinking about was, well, people are already listening to audio content via podcasts. And when people listen to podcasts, there are very interesting social needs and psychological needs even that arise out of podcast consumption. That's actually a very interesting topic to think through. And that's kind of where we dove into trying to understand like what are those needs that exist there. And podcast consumption is different from all other forms of media in one specific way. And that has to do with listener loyalty. On average, podcast listeners listen to 88% of all the content that they subscribe to, which is insane. Like you never see that on YouTube, you never see that on TV and any other form of media. But here, the engagement is just incredible. And it has to do not even so much with the fact that every piece of content is so amazing, but it has to do with the connection between the listener and the podcast host and the personality that's driving it. And so we would call that parasocial kind of dynamics where there's this kind of celebrity-ish experience happening. And that's why also podcast live events are doing so well because the listeners want access to the podcast creator. So that's a very interesting social dynamic that's happening. Beyond that, when people subscribe to a podcast, you have essentially a curation of a community happening. And the more niche the podcast topic, the more niche the community is and the more valuable it is to each listener. But they don't have a way to connect to each other. So we thought we would start with existing social needs that exist in audio consumption and give people ways to connect to each other and connect to the podcast creator and do that via the voice because we know that those needs are real and then experiment with voice-enabled kind of experiences on top of that to eventually arrive at a complete like hands-free, voice-enabled, voice-first social experience. Yeah. Can you give us an example of how it would work? Yeah. So the first specific experience of this would be podcasters who are looking to create a community around their podcast. Like right now, how would they do that? Well, most of them are turning to something like Facebook groups where they ask their listeners to you know, join their Facebook group so they could connect with each other. Maybe it'll be like join our Twitter account or something, but it's still very third party and very few people will actually you know, do that. What would happen in the Listen app is when podcasters would invite their core listeners to download the app and use our application to listen to their podcast. You know, our podcast app plays all the other podcasts. And we have basically the same library that you'll find on iTunes. But what's different is when you listen to an episode, there's this little button that says start talking and you can tap on it and just start recording in your own voice, your own thoughts or questions or whatever else you might want to say. 
And that message gets forwarded to other listeners of the same episode who have similar kind of tastes and styles and listening preferences as you do. So we start conversations for you with other listeners, and then you can interact with them. And all of those posts are posted to your profile. And then you can go in and see all the other conversations that are happening on that podcast and join in with other people's conversations. And it's actually really fun and interesting because there's a symmetry of type of content where you're listening via audio and then you're speaking with your voice. That's really interesting. So had people use this and what has been their feedback? So you're able to interact with other listeners, but also the host can do the same, can interact, can hear, can kind of keep this community going. Yeah. So what has been the feedback so far? I don't know how new your startup is. Yeah. So we launched a year ago with only a podcast listening app. So there was no social layer. So if you go to, you know, the Apple app store and you search for listen app, you'll find our app there. And it's a great gesture-based app, which was another very interesting conversation, maybe for another time, that people are listening audio on the go. So the, the visual interface has to be you know, gesture-friendly, so it's one-handed. But then when you go to a social interaction, it has to be voice-first, I believe. Like There were a few apps that have experimented with adding like text-based interface on top of audio content. And I don't think that will work because I'm saying this as a product designer. I think there's too much friction because you have a conflict of modes, first of all, where the input is audio and the output is texting. That's just not how we prefer to communicate. Then you have conflict of interface where if you're listening to audio, most of the time the screen is off, the phone screen is off. So you have to kind of wake your phone, unlock it and go to the particular screen where you'll be interacting via text. And then lastly, I think there's an issue between kind of publisher content versus user-generated content, where publisher content doesn't create the same kind of impetus for social interactivity. So like, if you listen to, or if you watch like a Netflix show or something, there's not going to be like a, you like that show or something. It's just not the same as when your friend posts something on Facebook. And podcast content right now, by and large, is created by giant publishers. Like that's most of the content that's being consumed. and so the kind of liking and commenting experience that's borrowed from, you know, say Instagram or Facebook and layered on top of that, it just won't work in terms of interfacing. So we've steered away from that and just started creating our own and, and started with very basic things if you know how do people want to interact with it. So the new app, we ended up completely rebuilding the app by the way. Uh, initially we thought we could just add the social layer on top of it, but once we dove into prototyping, it was so intense and invasive that we had to redesign and rebuild from scratch. And that's what we've been doing for the last year. I mean, I'm happy to announce that like literally within about a week and a half, we are gonna open our early beta. So if you go to listenapp.co, you can sign up to get early access and start playing around. It'll be via test flight at first, and then we will open it up for everyone. Which is great. You know, I think with voice being still so new, I was just speaking to someone earlier, you know, the testing phase is crucial to really seeing what works and what doesn't. So as you do that kind of first round, you'll be able to see what's working, what isn't. And I'm curious if you have any plans to be able to make this where they have to use the application or can they ask, you know, a device at home an Alexa, Google Home, Bixby or whatever to comment in the same way? Is that kind of something that your team is hoping to do as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the first step is kind of this dual interface experience. And I think it always has to be dual interface. That's why we transcribe everything you speak so that, you know, if you want it to be skimming on a visual interface, you can have the advantage of doing that. But ultimately, it all has to work hands-free and screen-free. So it's all audio. So you listen to a podcast 
and then you give it a command, you know, whatever the wake word would be, hey Siri, for example, you know, respond to episode or something, and then you start recording and there's commands to navigate the commenting and responding to people and going to the next comment. That's just a starting place. Ultimately, you know, it's creating your own posts, creating your own content, sending, or like say you listen to a podcast and you say, hey Siri, send this podcast to whatever, or even maybe trim podcasts, like all the commands, all the different things that you would want to do as you're on the go so that the utility of voice first makes sense. Because I think sometimes it's stuck into places where it doesn't really need to be. You know what I'm saying? Yes, making people... sure it's, <laughs> it's something people want and it's useful exactly. and usable, yes. Yeah, that's the idea. And when people listen to podcasts, most of the time they're multitasking. So, you know, voice enabled experiences are very important. And, you know, like for me, like when I listen to podcasts right now, I'm almost never opening my screen to go to the next podcast in my playlist or whatever. It's all voice driven. And the next step is to do that socially. I love that. If people want to learn more about what you're talking about, or they want to connect with you and ask questions, where can they do that? I guess the place that connects all of my social and my writing would be my website, michaelenko.com. And that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-E-N-K-O.com. Or on Twitter, it's at michaelenko. I try to post there. Not as much as I'd like to, but um, I absolutely love Twitter. Honestly, I think Twitter could have built a really, really nice podcast app and social podcasting. I think they would have been a really good uh, company to do that because for whatever reason, podcast listeners are on Twitter a lot. Yes. And voice people. I have recently got back on Twitter because of the voice community. It's pretty funny. I hadn't used it for years. So it's, you know, every social thing has a different meaning for what it's used for. So I think that's great. One of the last questions we like to ask on this show, Paul, is, and this is to help promote voice as a whole, is there currently either a flash briefing or a voice skill that you're using right now that you really like? I'm sure you've had many interesting ideas. Can I share a product that I think is very interesting that I'm really excited about? Sure. I saw this at uh, CES last month. Uh, I met the CEO. He was uh, giving a speech there and because they had a voice track, which was really fascinating. And uh, their product is called Sentient. And it's essentially like AirPods, but they don't go in your ear. They sit right next to your ear so that you can hear everything through your ear, but they use your bone to create sound into your eardrum. So that way, earways are completely unobstructed, but you can still listen to audio. And that makes sense yeah. you, coming from you as a product design person as well. That's really interesting. Exactly. Well, because I think the trend of wearing audio devices all day will only increase. And so if you can create a way to listen to sound without having something obstruct the airway, I think is, is a tremendous advantage. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for sharing your passion and your journey. And I look forward to seeing how your company grows. Thank you, Carrie. I'm looking forward to staying in touch with you also. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.